Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast. By the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact. Make yourselves heard. What's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake, episode... What is it? 73? 72 we're on. 72? Yes. I'm generally going to say 73 then. Well, it's the first one of the new season. Yeah, and we haven't done one for ages. Um, and it's not quite a season yet because the game is on Friday. And what day is it? What day is it today? Tuesday-ish. What's my name? Um, Pete, Pete Selby that's for right. Fox 8 Podcast. Um, international right. broadcaster. International broadcast. Get it right. Yeah. And uh, and Rob Hayes, again, international broadcaster. Because you've been doing what? You've been skiing? Uh, no, I've just got back yesterday, actually, from Switzerland doing the World Para Athletics Junior Championships. Splendid. So skiing. Uh, oh, no, athletics. Athletics, yeah. Oh. Uh, commentated on a world record. Really? Boom. Boom. Yeah. I, I commentated on a world record holder. Yeah. Usain Bolt. Yes, you did. <laughs> just drop that one in there. Just, just name drop that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I thought about dropping it in there, and then in the end, I just basically set it off like a firework beforehand. I've there heard, I've heard glowing reviews of your commentary on that 100 meter final. Have you really? Yeah, from our friend and colleague Stephen Jameson. I, I, I knew I owe Jamo a five. <laughs> no, it was great, it was brilliant. Uh, but the the weird thing is with the um, with the stadium. Obviously, it's West Ham Stadium, and, and I've not been there. Didn't go last season, but it's. Fantastic, and a lot of the problems that West Ham fans have been saying about it, I can't understand what they're on about. Is it too far away? Yes, you are quite far, but it's quite hard to determine without a football pitch there because obviously the tracks there. But also, they're saying about the the, the noise. I'm not being funny. There were sixty thousand people there going mad on uh, on Saturday night. Now that's a different noise to what you get at the football. Football's going to be louder, we're chanting and everything, but because the roof comes over so far. It's very loud. Yeah. So I don't know what their problem is. So maybe it's the West Ham fans that are the problem. Well, they're all not the stadium. Horrible fans. You know, they're used to their little dive of an area around the bowling ground, Upton Park. So I can understand it, you know, traditionalist and all that sort of thing. It's not a football ground, but in the end, it will feel like one. And end of the day, they got it for free, pretty much. Yeah. It's my ground. Yeah. I paid for it. So your ground, you paid for it. Everyone paid for it. So we all paid for West Ham. To have we all paid for West Ham. And to have now they're whinging about it. Exactly. Anyway, should we talk about Leicester? Who? Uh, the mighty Leicester City. Uh, I don't think we need to go through most of the pre-season friendlies game by game as such. But here's a question to kick things off. It's a, It's been a bit of a talking point on many social media channels. And it's a talking point pretty much every year. Is uh, Are pre-season results the be-all and end-all? No, mainly. However, yeah, are you a little bit concerned about these preseason results? No, mainly not, not in the slightest. No, because the first set of results are all to do with fitness. So if you beat Luton ten nil, and then you go and lose the rest, that's that means that ten nil is redundant. If you go and win one, lose one, win one, lose one, okay, that's in and out, in and out. The main thing was getting a decent performance against. Brucia Munkenbladvach at the King Power. Now, first half. Oh, sorry, can you say that again? Brucia Munkenbladvach. One more time. Brucia Munkenbladvach. Okay. 
sorry. Yeah, the main, the main thing. No, 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 go on. No. Is, that, is that right? I think so. That's how I say it. It's, if it's wrong, it's wrong, but never mind. So the main thing was getting a performance against them, and I, I managed to watch it from my hotel room in Switzerland whilst also researching and watching the, um, the athletics. Uh, and I think they did put in a performance. Second half, first, I mean, the one thing you have to say is they are a very good team. Mm. They keep the ball very well. They play the ball around at the back. The goalkeeper doesn't kick it long. Uh, good goalkeeper as well. So they're a good team, better than I, I kind of thought they would be. And they didn't give us a kick first half. But second half, Leicester played well. I think there was a Vardy tackle on, um, on Van der Gaard, the um, big, tall centre-half with long hair. And there's a bit of a pantomime villain. And to be yeah, fair, he, he got played some stick. Yeah, and he played up to it when he walked off. He gave a big kind of smile and cheer, and that's so he, he, you know, fair play to him. But Vardy put a good tackle on him, and it kind of turned the game from a friendly into actually a bit of a competitive game, which you want in a friendly. And they played very well second half. Ibora coming on, Vardy tack sharp in the Acho, which of course we'll come on to. Um, so yeah, that second half basically was really good and also it takes away from the losses against the Burtons and the Wolves and all that sort of thing I know people might have gone to them and were disappointed with the results but again pre-season is all about um, getting fitness and if you can throw in a good performance and a result in your last pre-season game that's fine yeah because that's probably the best indicator of where the players are ready to start the season obviously it's still that was directly a week before the first game of the season yeah. so they'll go through a little bit of extra work now and, and top up on fitness levels and sharpen things up tactically and prepare for the opener of the season but that's the biggest indicator of where they are fitness and performance wise don't get me wrong you want to win every game 10-0 that would be fantastic but I don't think it really matters especially the, the the away defeat to Wolves the one thing that you might come on to with that defeat would be that we didn't play very well against the 3-4-3 which is probably the formation that Arsenal will maybe go with against Leicester. So that's one thing that we could maybe put a bit of a question mark surrounding. But the rest of it's been fine. You want to get through unscathed without any injuries. We know that Hooth's out. We know that Drinkwater's got a knock as well. Possibly. Has, has he? Yeah, possibly. Or, um, or is he currently in West London? Well, exactly, yeah. But um, So we know that the, the squad's relatively okay. Obviously, Nacho had a knock, but he's training again. Uh, and probably won't start, but would he have started anyway? That's another question mark. So, probably overall, not. it's not been that bad. Um, bit disappointed in places with the results, but again, I don't think it really matters. It was a good performance in the second half against Bladvac uh, or Borussia or the German side, or however I try to say it without saying their full name. <laughs> and they're a good team, and it was a good performance, good goals as well. Vardy first goal. I'm not entirely sure where their defence went, it just parted like this Red Sea, which is unbelievable. He, he, he had 40 yards either side of him. James picked him out with a good ball, but you know, quite an obvious, simple ball. Straight down the middle. Lovely control by Vardy. Great control. Took it confidently. Hadn't scored in pre-season. Now he's bagged twice. Second goal. Good layoff by Iniacho. Lovely through ball from Mares. And um, the one thing that I will say is um, I remember when Leicester signed Stan Collymore. I was there at the... We've got Stan Collymore. Exactly. I remember I was there at Filbert Street when they played Sunderland. And that, for me, up until the last few years, was the best Leicester side that we've ever had. It was the pinnacle of that side in the 90s. We just wanted one or two more players to push from being eighth to being in the top six, four, whatever. And we got one. 
Collymore and we beat Sunderland 5-2, an amazing game. The next week, Heskey got sold. And I'm just wondering whether people who was at the King Power on Friday night maybe saw possibly another best team that we've ever had, arguably, with the likes of Iniacho, Mares in the side, with Vardy, with Abora, these players that all were in that team at the end of the game, playing well. I know it was a friendly, but it had that because it was a German side, it was a foreign team. It brought a little bit of a memory back from the Champions League and they were they looked very good and I thought, hang on, wouldn't it be great if you could have Mares, Gray, also Iniacho and Vardy in the same side, all playing well as well. No disrespect to Albrighton at all, but those four up fronts, it looked really good. But the problem is there's probably not gonna be all four of them here. No, that's that that's the obvious point, isn't it? You know, they're not gonna be here. Um and it's a shame, but there you go. These things happen. For, nothing's perfect in football, apart from that season a couple of years back. It's um, it, it never works like that, really, or it, it never does with any club. But especially not with us. It's a shame. It's a shame with Mares because obviously he wants to go, and he's completely you no. Know, that's absolutely fine. I'm one of them fans, and I've said before. If he wants to go, he can go. He wants to play pre- uh, Champions League football. He wants to go play somewhere else. He's been at Leicester. For a long time, yeah, he's been what five, six years, five years, four at least, at least four, four or five years. Yeah, fair, fair yeah. a fair amount of time. He's won the championship. He survived relegation with Leicester. He won the league, got Player of the Year. He was top goal scorer in the Champions League. I think he had a better season last season than most people think he did. Yes, he was disappointing, but that's because he didn't reach the heights of mm. ten out of ten, which we gave him at the end of the Premier League winning season. The guy owes the club nothing. He wants to go and move on. Yes, the one thing is clubs need to pay the money. Don't get me wrong. So when he's here, play well, which he has been. Um, but uh, the one thing that I'll, I'll say with um, with Mares is the question about the boos. People were booing him were when he came on. Well, all I can say is that I didn't hear any of that. No, I didn't. I heard. Well, obviously, I was watching online rather than actually in the stadium. Yeah, but... huge, huge cheers for Iniacho when he came on, as you would expect. Mares came on, slightly less cheers, but still a really good, and I would say slightly more than average round of applause and cheers, as if to say, "Come on, do well, stay here." Was there a few people booing? Yeah, probably. If I was in the stand and there was three blokes in front of me booing, then I would turn around and put on Twitter, "Yeah, people were booing." That wasn't that audible from ours. I took my headphones off and listened to it, and it wasn't. So it wasn't a measure of the, the no. of the large percentage of the crowd. No, if you stood next to ten people who were booing, fair play. But from where I was in the press area in the centre of the West End, I didn't hear any. Just the last thing on Mara's before we move on to the new signings. I I think he's conducted himself very well this summer. He said very early that he wanted to leave, so there's never been any sort of... Which a lot of people have said is the wrong thing to have done. Well, yeah, I can see why, but the club came out and said pretty much straight after we're under no obligation to sell him. So everybody knew, everybody's known from day one where both parties stand, because this saga, I'll put it in inverted commas, is not really a saga, because all the information's there on the table. Maris wants to go, Leicester are willing to sell him, but only for the right price. And therefore both parties are in the right, for me. Uh, and Maris has, by all accounts, trained well, performed well uh, in the pre-season friendlies, has been putting a shift in for the team. Some of his teammates have come out and said in pre-season, look, if he's not putting in 100%, we'll pull him up on it because he's still a part of this team. And 
there was a real opportunity and I think he deserves a lot of credit for the maturity that he's displayed here is that sometimes maybe a few years ago maybe not so much now he a bit of a throw your toys out the uh, out the pram player he was a bit of a whinger he, he, you'd question his attitude sometimes whereas this summer I think he seems to have applied himself very well and look if he ends up staying until Christmas and then somebody goes right second half of the season we need a flair player we've got 45, 50 million to spend and then he goes, fine. And I think he will serve us quite well up until Christmas. I don't I don't think there's any case of him uh, training on his own and wallowing in the reserves like some of the other big name uh, transfer sagas this summer. I don't think there's a chance of him coming on the pitch and not trying hard because also from a personal point of view, he's got to put himself in the shop window. Stop being so sensible. I mean, the thing is... But I think it's been handled very sensibly. Well, you're right. I mean, I'll throw the... Uh, the be devil's advocate by saying look at Gilfie Sigurdsson and his transfer dealings or the way that that's being dealt with by uh, by Swansea and by Gilfie himself he's never said that he wants to leave and it's all being dealt with by the club they're saying look we, we rate the player this amount of money so if someone wants to come in and try and buy him this is the amount they've got to pay and once that happens then you can then talk to the player I'd actually to be perfectly honest I'd quite like the club to do that, I'd love them to turn around and release a statement. It would have to be a massive statement, but just maybe even part of an interview with the uh, the chairman or the vice chairman, just to turn around and say, "Oh, by the way, on the Mara situation, yes, we want fifty million. Say how much you want, and just put it out there." The other clubs know, Roma know, Inter Milan linked today. They know clubs in the Premier League. They know what the going rate for Mares is. They know what they'll have to pay to get him. But it'd be quite nice just. To let everyone know, oh, because everyone knows it's fifty million for Sigurdsson. Okay, mm. just turn around and say which, fifty million, which started at thirty at the start. Yes, of the summer. exactly. Just turn around and say if you want Mares, it's fifty million or nothing. That's his price. He wants to leave, so if you want to pay the money, there's a very good chance if you are a Roma, an Inter, a Chelsea, or whoever, that he'll come. He, he will go to your club because he said already he wants to go. But you're going to have to pay fifty million pounds. Pay it. Or he's staying. Right then, preseason's given us a chance to have a quick look at some of our new signings as well. With obviously Harry Maguire, Vicente Ibarra, David Elden. Oldfield, Lee Philpot, not quite. Tommy Wright, Jamie not Lawrence, quite. Tony Cotty, Andy Impey. No, uh, Eldin Yukupovic and Kelechi and is that, his, is that well. how you say the goalkeeper's name? Yakupovic, yeah. Is it? I believe so. Not Yakupovic. Some people say it that way as well. That's the Leicester way of saying it though, isn't it? Which is wrong. Jakupovic. Yakupovic. Yeah. Yakupovic. Yakupovic. I think so. Oh, definitely. Like Yakubu, but definitely with Povic on the end. Definitely going to say Yakupovic. Well, just... <laughs> you would. I'm definitely going to say that. But anyway. There's you... no way off the top of my head I'm going to say whatever you just said. Well, we'll work on that yeah. throughout the season. So there's him. Yeah. Maguire. Yeah. Ibora. Yeah. Iniacho. Yeah. Um, Ian Nacho. Um, and there's Sign Thomas today. Yeah. Um, His I... uh, dad, by the way, was yeah. my uh, PE teacher for a number of years. Was he? Yeah, there you go. What? What's his name? George Thomas. George Thomas. His, oh. dad, his dad's Ian. Ian Thomas. Mm. And oh. I bumped into him once, actually, when George was in the Coventry Academy. When I went to watch Leicester away at Coventry, I can't remember when it was, many years ago, maybe six, seven years ago at least. Many. Many, many moons ago. Yeah. Um, And I couldn't believe that his son was 
he was driving his son all the way from Leicester where they live to Coventry and he was like yeah he's in the so academy he's a Leicester lad then yeah yeah yeah. oh right that, well 500,000 they reckon they paid so it's yeah. nothing really obviously it's, it's, Welsh, it's, the, it's the world the 20 international as well it's the world for them. But oh, for Cov, yeah. yeah. That'll pay rent on the stadium for a little bit longer, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. yeah so, so, so let's talk about Harry Maguire, first of all. He was the first one through the door. Uh, we set out still pretty early, knew we needed a centre-back. Uh, and I think from what we saw last season of him at Hull uh, and what we've seen of him in a Leicester shirt, he looks assured, he looks confident, he looks like he's got all the right abilities that a centre-back should have with the added advantage of being all right on the ball as well. I would go... Poss- and, and this is again uh, people know who listen to the podcast we try and rein things in and be a bit more level headed I'd even go a bit more than that I would turn around and say this guy who we've paid £12 million for which is quite a snip, yeah, quite for, a snip. for his age and ability £12 million rising to 17 not we've paid 17 we've paid £12 million. Um this guy who we paid straight away got him ahead of other clubs number of them very disappointed Stoke Spurs they were all over him Um I am massively impressed. If you were a neutral at the King Power watching the game against Bladvatch, you would pick him out by a mile as one to watch or he is a top player. Look, The way he controls the ball, his footballing skills are brilliant. He can mm. bring the ball out, passing the ball... Brilliant for a big lad. Yeah, passing the ball along the ground, straight bypassing the midfield, spraying the ball out wide twice, pinpoint accuracy... This guy's a good player. He's massive. 6'4", he's a big lad. Um, they'll have to watch that. But, obviously, he's a centre-half. He's, he's still young. There's going to be errors. But this guy, I'm definitely, definitely not comparing him to Rio Ferdinand at all. But <laughs> but, but you imagine Rio Ferdinand, the way he brought the ball out of defence. Yeah. John Stone's the same kind of thing. Lucio. Yeah, well... well with Ferdinand, the one thing he had when he was that age was he always had a ricket in him. And then he ironed them out and turned into the, one of the best defenders in the world for five or six seasons when mm. he was at peak Man U. You heard it here Vidic. first, folks. Pete Selby declaring Harry Maguire as the next best defender in the world. Well, exactly. That's what I'm not trying to do. No, but I know. But I, I understand the comparison. What, what it, I'm yeah. saying is that if he has a really good game and then he drops a ricket, which maybe gives them a chance, which they might miss or score, whatever... We shouldn't crucify him. He's, he might have them in him, but so do the other defenders. So yeah. for me, I'm incredibly excited by this player. I think he could be. And the, and the thing that likes me is he's already talking about England. Mm. And that's great. That's great. He, he, he's he got the ambition. And at the moment, to be perfectly honest, I know Hoof's out, but Maguire's the first one on the team sheet alongside Morgan. I thought they played very well against uh, alongside each other. Yeah, and, and I think Hoof being out injured is actually the perfect way to introduce Maguire to the squad because yeah. it, get him playing. It, it would have given Shakespeare a bit of a headache because Huth and Morgan have, have pretty much been talked about uh, like Huth and Morgan. It, it, they follow each other or Morgan and Huth. You don't very often talk about them as individuals. They, no. they are a centre-back partnership. So if at the start of this season Huth, Morgan and Maguire had all been fit, then whoever Shakespeare picked for the first game it would have been a yeah. talking point and it would have been honed in on and, and, and talked about a lot by a lot of fans. But Huth being out injured has actually done everybody a favour, I think. It, it has. And, and also the fact that when he does come back, Huth, um, I think predominantly he'll be played at home. So if, because we all know 
Hoof and Morgan their strengths, but the way they play at the King Power is so different to how they play away mm. because of the nature of playing away and leaving space behind and you're playing a big club. Look how they got ripped apart at, at Man U and especially at Liverpool last season. Um, but at the King Power, they can just sit on the edge of the area, go be narrow, force things wide, like against Seville, tell them to cross the ball, meet and drink to them all day. Mm. But with Maguire, it's a different kettle of fish. He's quality, quality player. But if Maguire plays well at the start of the season, with Morgan the captain, who's then got no... It won't put his nose out of joint. If he comes back from injury no. and has to sit on the bench, he'll go, fair enough, yeah, into a performing. Yeah, yeah. Then when a suspension or an injury comes along... Huth will be the man to step in, and that's and that's how it'll work. If Maguire has a has a, a shaky start to the season, then as soon as Huth's fit, maybe you you bring him in, and then you use them intermittently throughout the rest of the season. But I'm I'm just glad that we haven't got all three to start with because I think yeah. people would make a lot of it. Quality signing and the goalkeeper who apparently I mean, he looked decent last year. Again, he's a sub goal. Do you know what I mean? He's a sub goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, is he better than what we had before? Yes. Um, is he one who could maybe push for a first team place if Schmeichel goes? Possibly. So why not sign him? Mm, if Schmeichel went, we'd have to buy a, a true. A but one he would still be pushing for that place. Yeah, but he's not pushing Schmeichel for that. No, place. not at all. But I think few goalkeepers could. But I think he showed flashes of brilliance with some some sort of well documented saves again uh, for Hull. But I think overall his ability as a goalkeeper is nowhere near good enough no. to play first-team football I, for Leicester City unless he's covering. Yes, I agree. But also what I'll say is that, um, is he better than what we had before? Yes. Now that's the main thing with the goalkeeper. Yeah, because Zila didn't... I, I don't think Zila showed anywhere near what he can do. No, he was, he was he had, weak. He had he a tough weak. time. But that's it. It didn't work for him. We got rid of him. We got a new lad in who's played in the Premier League. Ibora, we all know. Um, and the success he's had at Seville, unbelievable success. And the reaction of their fans when he left and they were disappointed and all that sort of thing. Uh, only seen him once and that was against Bladvach. And he looked like the player that I've seen before play for them. Comfortable on the ball. He's a big unit. And I think he'll be more of an asset to the club than the likes of other midfielders that we've signed who have not worked out, the likes of Mendy, uh, the likes of um, Inla. Um, he's that sort of ilk, but better, basically. More yeah. mobile, and he could play first-team football for Leicester. We'll have to wait and see how he adapts to the Premier League. That's the only question with him. But, but he's got again, the right attributes too, hasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. yeah he, exactly. it's, it's not like he's technically good, but a bit flimsy, like you would... Uh, it, it may be quite stereotypical, but if you said we've just signed a Spanish central midfielder, you'd think probably five foot nine, only about eleven or twelve stone, sort of yeah. nipping, nipping around people. You wouldn't think, but he's still six foot five. There's still that question mark, but <clears throat> that question mark over whether he can play Premier League football because it's so unique, it's so quick. You never know; it might just bypass him. We all were saying the same things about Inlaw. Yeah, yeah, we were. <coughs> um, Excuse me, that was me. Are you right? Yeah, yeah. All right, to carry on. Yeah, uh, thing with the borrowers as well. Um, they they looked like they trusted him pretty early doors. You know, for to feed him fairly difficult balls in the deep position straight from Schmeichel a couple of times as well says, yeah, I rate this player because if it was a central midfielder that they didn't trust, Schmeichel had just he wouldn't even contemplate that kind of pass. And then the final signing is uh, well, Ian Nacho. Ian Nacho. Kalichi Iniacho. That's it. Yeah. yeah, finally, nearly as good as your Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, nearly, 
Um, finally, over the line, and obviously there was a lot of bits and bobs behind the scenes that we don't know to do with agents, to do with family, whatever. Um, but what we do know is this guy is very promising. Now, he is 20 years old. I think a lot of people have to remember he's 20. We've signed him for £25 million, so we expect him to hit the ground running, score goals, but he is 20. So just buy that in mind, I would. Yeah. Just just remember that. Um, he's taller and he's bigger, he's broader than I, I remember him. And obviously when we've seen him play, he was like 17, 18, 19. So he's, he's going to get like that. He's obviously quick, oh, he's but he's, he's, a, he's a bigger quick. lad than I thought. Yeah, And he, obviously he looked very good for that quarter of an hour. It's a shame he got injured and you obviously now he's training. He was oh yeah, well. throwing his boots uh, mm. onto the ground. He, you know, a bit, bit of a reaction with one of the, the training staff, one of the um, the physios. He was obviously really disappointed. He wants to try. He wants to play his artist. There was he, no point in risking him, though. Absolutely. Oh, no, no absolutely We've seen the flash of what he could do. Yeah. He tormented he was them limping. a couple of times. when He, he was limping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's, he was very unselfish. You know, to, to have the presence of mind inside the penalty area, to realise that your strike partner was in a better shooting opportunity. You know, you know, if, if you're a 20-year-old, on your home debut, yes, it's not a competitive game, You'd, you'd go for goal there, wouldn't you? Yeah. What you, you'd expect him to go for goal. Shakespeare said that. He said, I expected him to have a, have a pot shot. But no, he squared it for Vardy. And that's what you want. If them two start firing together, you know, as, as a partnership, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's got defenders on the hop already, even before we play anyone. So um, let's talk about departures quickly before we start to preview Arsenal. Um, who goes from the front line now Iheanacho's here? It all depends on Slimani. If Slimani's going to go, then you keep Ajoa. If Slimani stays, then Ajoa goes. I don't think you can have both there. And Musa stays or goes? For me, Musa goes. He goes in, in two ways. He goes either get rid and just draw a line and go, OK, let's just forget that ever happened. Or you send him on loan somewhere. If you send him on loan to the Pesiktas or you send him on loan to another club in England or... West Brom are apparently yeah, interested. I, I don't know about sending him to a Premier League club. Mm. I wouldn't mind actually sending him down to the Championship and saying, look... Does, just, a, Ni- does a Nigerian international that's played Champions League football for CSK in Moscow go to the Championship? Does he turn around and go, look, OK, I'll admit it's not worked out for me here either. Don't farm me out on loan to the Championship. Sell me. That's his decision. But maybe if a, a, a decent club... let I'm just going top of my head someone like Wolves or Derby even or whatever then say look have Musa for six months not a full season have him for a few months or have him till Christmas yeah, something just like that. get him playing mm. and he might go and hit 12 goals before Christmas play really well and he was never going to join you know that was never going to happen but win for them win for Leicester he comes back and he might just have the full confidence and he might be the player that we, we, we thought we signed but I don't think it's going to do him any good just sitting in the squad sitting no. on the bench moping around no, playing like the odd 20 minutes of yeah. a League Cup game, that kind he of thing. Needs, it's not be any he good needs to play or he needs to go. And he's not playing for Leicester at the moment. He's nowhere near playing for Leicester. So you either draw a line under it and sell him or not. Send him out on loan. For me, I'd like to see him go out on loan because there's yeah. no harm there. If he goes and plays for Besiktas and plays well, they'll sign him. And they'll pay the money as well. That's it, yeah. If the, the, it's win-win. If he goes away on loan and he plays well but we still want to get rid of him, then people realise that he's actually a good footballer. But if he goes away on loan, plays well and comes back to Leicester, then we get a good footballer back. He's also well good on FIFA 
and FIFA never lies. <laughs> well, it does, but uh, I think one more departure to talk about. Are we concerned by the drink water stories? Would it, now with Matty James back to full fitness, Vicente Abora looking decent early doors, would it be a huge loss if Drinkwater did go? Is it the right move for him, it's, for the club? It's so interesting. I mean, I know you don't like him, but like... No, uh, no, no, look. <laughs> you look. You know listeners out there. You know what in, Rob feels about In, in the Championship, I did call him a very average sideways footballer which he was at the time. Yes. Uh, I now consider him to be a valuable part of the <laughs> Premier League title winning side. However, what Matty, what a fully fit Matty James has looked like in pre-season would suggest to me that if if Chelsea wanted to pay 30, 35 million for drink water, I, I, I wouldn't... I, I'm, I'm on the fence here. I don't mind. If he stays good, we know what he can do. I He's agree. a good footballer. If he goes, then it doesn't leave as much of a hole as no. it would without Ibora and without James here. Because James is like a new signing. Yes, I, I completely agree. There is a big question mark, though, over James, and that's his fitness. He played a full 90 minutes against... He played the full season against Barnsley. Yeah, but uh, he, for Barnsley. He, he played a full 90 minutes against uh, Borussia, and also he was doing running down drills at the end. I think they're just trying to get as much fitness into him as possible, which is great, knowing, obviously, that Drinkwater's presumably injured. But... I agree. I, I, I'm the biggest Danny Drinkwater fan. I think he's, he's great. How many players win a Premier League in a midfield two? Um, I can understand why Chelsea want him. I think it's very funny that a lot of supporters from clubs around the country are mocking them being interested in Danny Drinkwater uh, when a lot of clubs could really do with him. I think he's very underrated. How he didn't play for England in the Euros is an absolute disgrace. Um, playing Jack Wilkshire as a defensive midfielder when he got Danny Drinkwater. On his day, he's one of the best midfielders in the country. Yes, he was slightly off it at some points last season, but then again, so was everyone. He still played well towards the end. He still played well throughout the season, really, again, in the midfield too. But I agree. I think if Leicester sell him for rumoured to be, what, 35, 37 million, then you're getting a lot of money for a midfielder where we've got cover. We would then recycle that money. I'd expect them to recycle it and sign another top-class midfielder. Um, that's what I would want. Uh, the same way when if Mares goes, I'd like him to buy an advanced midfielder who for the same amount of money or more. So if Drinkwater goes, I'd be amazingly disappointed, massively disappointed, and it would be a real shame. He's one of my all-time favourite Leicester players, and he's been superb, absolutely amazing footballer. But I agree with you. If he does go... We do have A, cover, and B, I'd like them to then go out and buy someone else. Maybe in the ilk of someone who maybe could go forward, because the likes of James can sit, Ibora can can go forward as well, can sit, and then maybe have that attacking midfield person who could even play as a 10, someone like that, or just a link in the two. Um, I, I agree, I think if he stays, brilliant. If he goes, not a problem, but it's a shame and good luck to him, and he's one of them players. And I'm, I'm amazed that no one else is coming for him. If Chelsea want him, also they've gone up to they've gone up to Kante and said, "Who do you want to play with?" And he's like, "I'll oh, play with Drinkwater. We were brilliant together. Won the bloody league." Mm. So no wonder he wants to play there. And he'll go. I mean, end of the day, if Chelsea come knocking, he's going to go. He's been at Leicester for years and years and years. We've he basically he's been the anchor of the midfield for all the success. Um, if he goes, I think. I think 99% of Leicester fans will understand, will get good money, he'll be on good money there and go on and win things at Chelsea. 
and he'll go down as one of the best midfielders that the club's ever had. And um, you do, I, I agree with you about James. I just question whether James is not match fit to play 90 minutes, but to play 90 minutes in the Premier League. Remember how Drinkwater got from side to side, side of the pitch, side of the pitch, a real engine on him. Very lean player is Drinkwater, you know, very quick and he was everywhere. James isn't like that. He's quite broad now. He's quite barrel-chested as well. I just wonder if he can get across the park like he can. I know indeed he can, and I know, obviously, Bohr is not that sort of person who would. So that's where I just question Matty James. I don't question him as a footballer. I question his ability to get up and down in the Premier League. So I can't believe we've actually only managed to do two podcasts in the summer. But, you know, we're busy blokes. To be uh, fair, fo- I, football's starting again. Yeah, I, I've I've not really missed it now. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for miss the season. Miss what? The podcast or football? Both. both. Or <laughs> but, me. Uh, you not miss me? No, not at all. Um, so I've I've not really missed football at all. But now I'm ready. Yeah. Now I, I, I want... I'm now ready for now the we're season. in the same week as the game coming. Yeah. So and, so we're kicking off the Premier League season. We are. On a Friday night, which is should be. quite a new thing. That's Yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, Prefer a Friday night to against, a Sunday morning, Saturday morning. Well, yeah, yeah, because then you can write off Saturday morning if football's on Friday night. Yes, uh, we're away at Arsenal. Yes, first of uh, a run of tough away games. Yes. Early doors. Yes. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, we're going to lose. Yeah, by how much? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it could be ten. It could be one. But we're going to lose because we always do it. I'd rather it not be ten though. No, doesn't, I doesn't set. The, it's, it's the one the stall game. out for the season, does it? It's the one game in the season. The one game we never win at Arsenal. We never get anything from Arsenal. We can, we always lose. We could lose quite badly. They are the one team who I fear most when Leicester play them, and just get it over with. Because if we just, lose, if, just get it out of the way. Get it out of the way, and let's look forward to Leicester Brighton at the yeah. King Power. If we get turned over five nil, it's not the end of the year it's a bad start don't get me wrong you don't want to do that but it's the first game of the season if you're going to lose lose the first game of the season It's we've got a hard run of away games but Arsenal away anything at all anything at all is brilliant I, is, I, is think, a, I think a goal yeah I and I'm not trying to be pessimistic because I think Leicester have got when we go on to where do you think they're going to finish I think we'll be alright but I just it's just Arsenal away it's it's just they if they score early, you know how Arsenal are. If they score early, everyone relaxes. The crowd actually starts supporting the club for rather than yeah for a change. And the, it Weng, all, the Wenger out the Wenger out barrier uh, banners sort of yeah get, uh, are waved with less vigorously. Keep them quiet for twenty minutes. Get the crowd on the back because they will get on the back straight away. Notoriously, they don't do very well first thing, but that's the problem. You know what I mean. If yeah. they score early, it could be a very long night. Right. So how do one? How do we approach it in terms of game plan? And two? How do we approach it in terms of personnel? I think the, the very sensible way to do things is to look at it and go right. There's no use just packing the defence, but the midfield will just get overrun. I think it will be foolish to go four four two or four four one one as we as we know with Okazaki. I think it will be a simple replace Okazaki with a Bora if you're playing James and Ndidi. So you'd have Ibora or James or Ndidi, one of those three in midfield sitting, the other two there, so it's probably going to be a Bora sitting in front of the so defense. You're saying four one four one rather than four four one one. 
No, no, I'm I'm thinking straightforward four five one. Okay. So you've got your three in midfield. Those three in the centre are going to play in some kind of diamond, whatever. But you're going to have four defenders, as we know, your usual centre half, uh, centre uh, back partnership, Maguire and usual. <laughs> They've never played in the Premier League together. But Morgan and Maguire, Simpson with Fuchs, goalkeeper as we know, Schmeichel. The five in midfield, the three in the centre being in D.D. James and Ibora probably sitting. Two out wide, which would for me be Albrighton and it would be Mares, And then I'd have Vardy up top. Okay. That's I, and I think you you try well, and catch him on the break. And sit and sit and then you and try then and try catch him on the him. break. Yeah, I'd have probably Ndidi on the right hand side of the uh, of the midfield centre part, and I'd say to him, look, just be wary because Mares is going to be the one to try and link play. Mm. So you are going to be the guy who's going to cover when Mares goes forward. And I say to Mares, nice and simple. You're on TV. You're playing at Arsenal. You, if you want to go and play for Arsenal, go and rip them to shreds. Yeah, get, the give world, them a reason to sign you. The world's watching. Yeah, the, the world world's is watching, watching the start of the Premier League season. Go and do it. Go and get your move. This is go your big, yeah, This is your biggest shop window. Go and do it. If you go and move, if you go and play for Inter Milan next season, um, or you go and play for AC Milan, or you get a move to Barcelona or whoever, if you get a move, fine, brilliant. If they pay the money, not a problem. You're you're. Absolute legend at the club, bony fied, class A legend, probably the best player that's ever played for the club. Go and prove it again, once more for a Leicester, for, for us, for Leicester fans. Bugger you, move. Do it for us. Go and score and win that game at Arsenal, and then next week go for fifty million to Roma or Inter. Then, then we win on all counts. Yeah, go and do it because you've got it, and he's looked good. Just go and do it. Okay. Very interesting. And then after 60 minutes, when you crap, we'll drag you <laughs> and be on grey. <laughs> That's pretty standard, isn't it? That's what I would do. And and also, the thing with grey, I thought he looked very good in pre-season. And hopefully, he has been told by the club, look, mate, you are going to get a game. He's, he looks like he's growing as a player. He just needs to have... You, when you compare him and Mares, what Mares does, which again a lot of people don't go, don't give him credit for, is he will do the simple things. He will pass that ball twenty yards along the ground in between midfielders, and it will go to the feet of a Leicester player. And people kind of go, "That's that's just Mares." He'll play that through ball for Iniacho, mm. lovely through ball. Everyone was screaming for him to switch it over to the far side. For him, no, but he saw he's, something different. He's yeah. completely seen something different, mm. and we've scored from it. The thing is with Gray. He doesn't do those simple things enough. He is a young player. He's going to get better. And I can see right now, even in just a few preseason, you can see he is growing as a player. Taking more responsibility. making Sometimes taking responsibility is making a very simple pass and keeping possession. Yeah, of course it That's is. That's what he needs to do. And uh, so hopefully he can come on and, and do well and then get that starting role. I would, think. Would you do anything different? What, than that? I think Okazaki's got a role to play. In that um, the central midfielders in in the old three four three formation tend to be fairly deep sitting, in the sense that they've got wing backs that get up and down, and then you've got three attacking players who you kind of say right, you go and do the attacking. So to have somebody like Okazaki just buzzing about, and then I'd back Vardy to put a lot of pressure on three centre backs. Because they 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 still play quite wide because it's Arsenal and they like to keep the ball. But I'd back Vardy against three centre backs and then just took took Okazaki in. I don't know that that pushing the entirety of our central midfield back a touch, i.e., tucking somebody in behind them, is 
is a is is a very positive thing to do. I'd... Whereas Okazaki, yes, you class him as a striker, and and if if you said where does Okazaki play, he doesn't play attacking midfield, he plays striker, but. He's not an on-the-shoulder-of-the-last-defender striker. He's a work-between-the-opposition's-defence-and-midfield the striker. How many times, even against Borussia Mönchengladbach, did he just break things down and, and then lay it off to Vardy? Yeah, I, but I, well, I... I rate the work that he does. I really do. I do, I, think, I do. But and I think it's important against a team like Arsenal. I think, it's, I think Okazaki is more important when he plays behind Vardy at Leicester. I think away from home, especially against Arsenal... He's just going to get overran. The ball's going to just bypass him, and he's going to be very ineffectual. I'd rather have a midfielder breaking from midfield going forward. Maybe it's an Indeedy, and it's James who's covering on that right. Uh, that's what I would prefer rather than Okazaki. Don't get me wrong, big fan of Okazaki, and I still think he's got a place in the squad. And I think maybe his place in the squad actually could be up top. I think Iniacho, if Iniacho and Okazaki were going to play together. I would actually prefer Okazaki to be right up top as the nine, and Inyacho as that guy dropping deep. You, you maverick! I think you in- wouldn't put the fastest now fastest player in our squad on the shoulder of the last defender for our traditional we're Leicester City long through ball I'd, technique. That's that's very true. But I think Inyacho is a better player than Okazaki. Oh, he's a quality footballer, but I think, no doubt. Yeah. No, but I think Inyacho is. He can play as nine, obviously, as we know. He can. He's very quick and he's a goal poacher. But also, I think he's got the ability to actually play football and be that link man. I think he's a better player than than just that poacher. And I think he'll work brilliant behind Vardy. But again, Okazaki, um, I, I still think he, he can play decent as a number nine. That's what we signed him as. Mm. I know he's got the skills to be that link player, but I think that only works when he plays with Vardy. And I think it works best... Now it works best at the King Power rather than away from home. I think away from home, he almost just becomes a lost member of the eleven, as we know that can happen. Well, we'll see what Craig Shakespeare thinks, because he's the bloke that makes all the decisions. Two words, though, about the game on Sun- uh, Friday. Yeah. Mike Dean. No, no, no. That's not how it goes. Go on, then. No, 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 no. <laughs> you didn't shake your head as much no, as you no, know. No, no, that's right, yeah. Uh, final uh, thing, then. Red card. There will be a red card. Who's There's what? always red cards early on. Uh, Granite Xhaka I'm going for Granite Xhaka was, is, is the number one or oh, that new new guy they've got at the back yeah I can't Kalazl Blavich yeah him yeah or Vardy possibly if he starts putting himself <laughs> about last question then all I need from you is a number where are we going to finish in the Premier League this season 10 I'm going to say 9 9 10th but yeah but I forgot about winning the cup oh yeah 10th ten th- and an FA Cup win 10th and FA Cup win. I like the fact that we've built, we've, we've brought the spine. Forward, midfielder, centre-half, all first-team players, and then a goalkeeper as well as a reserve. I like that. I still think we need another centre-half. I'd like to. I like him to go and buy another centre-half because Bella Lewan, we know he can play, but that tackle against Burton, my <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, to get yourself ripped off the pitch in your late 20s. I mean, As, it's a tackle that an, he started that, it, that it, an eager nineteen-year-old centre back makes. It, isn't it? it was just ridiculous. It, it was. He started it from the river, and then he gave, <laughs> it was so so late. But for me, I think they needed another centre half, and who that is, don't know. If they want to spend the money on Gibson, that's fine, whatever. But I think they need another centre half. That would be great. And depending on what happens with Drinkwater and Mares, a replacement for Drinkwater or Mares, spend that money. I still think we have got. A really good signing up our sleeve. Who it is, no idea. Um, Special Agent X has become 
immensely quiet recently. I've had nothing from Special Agent That's X. That's disappointing. It is very disappointing. On about any signing ever, I'm gonna have to. I'll get on to Special Agent X. Send send and, them a text and find out what's uh, yeah. Send them a text and. Um, but that's what I think. I think Leicester have got a big signing up their sleeve. A bit like Slomani was, it, it just all of a sudden happened. Mm. I think they're going to spend money on one really good player, hopefully a really good player, but also I think they'll spend the money that they'll get from possibly selling Drinkwater and Mares. Okay, final question Yeah. to wrap it up. Yeah. Do you think, because we know Mares is going to go if the bright bid's made, do you think Danny Drinkwater will be a Leicester player at the end of August? No, I'm going to go for no as well. I don't think. I think he'll go. And thanks for the memories, Danny. Yeah. Thanks for the memories, Riyad. Thanks for the memories, Angolo. Leicester City will continue to exist and move on without you. Well, they'll continue to exist on the King's Road. <laughs>